What's going on? Yerks here. Welcome to another episode of Yerks Talks. Wednesday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day out there for all of you. Hope you're enjoying some kegs and eggs. That'd be fantastic. Having some Guinness. Maybe a bit of haggis. A wee bit. Who knows? All right. I don't want to get in trouble for being racist towards Irish people, which I don't think people... We're not there yet. I think right now we're focusing on not being racist towards Asians. So, anywho, let's get into it here. So, how's everybody doing? Hope you're having a solid week so far. This is actually the first episode I've recorded this week. And the reason for that is um, the free agency stuff that's been going on. So, this is the free agency extravaganza episode. Uh, it's going to be a little bit longer than the normal episode length. Although... Lately, the episodes I've been putting out have been really long, and I that is not my intention. It's just that when I when I get on a roll about a topic, right, so football is something I'm really passionate about, and I feel like all the information that I'm recording about, that I'm like saying is good information, but it might just be an overload of information, right, where... Sometimes I need to use a filter when it comes to certain things where I need to remember that not everybody goes, not everybody like goes as hard in the paint. Like with me when it, in regards to football, like knowing a bunch of like different players from all the different teams and all the behind the scenes stuff that's going on. So I think I need to make it a little bit more user, user friendly to listen to. And I need to cut down on the length. And so Monday Ideally, what I was going to do is go through the NFC East and West and talk about, uh, you know, how their season went and detail, you know, like who they might cut, free agents they should look to sign, things like that. But then, I, you know, I was thinking like, oh, man, like it's going to be it's going to be like so long in length again. I don't really want to do that. And then yesterday I said, OK, well, we're going to do like, you know, makeup episode because we didn't record Monday. But. Then all of the free agent moves started coming out, right? Because you can, like, there's a window before the actual day, which is today, where you can, you know, negotiate deals ahead of time. And so all that started coming out, and I was like, ah, shit. Like, I don't think, if, if I record something now, it's going to be constantly interrupted by these deals happening. And so I decided, okay, let's just take take the, the two days here, get write some deals that have been going down, and then on Wednesday, we'll attack it that way. And hopefully in the future the length of videos will be 30 minutes around that mark, right? I don't want, I don't want anything like upwards of 45. Now we might have standalone episodes like this one, for example, or come football season again, where like I preview all the games and then I normally recap all the games that happen over the weekend on that Monday. So those might be a little bit longer in length, but for the most part, I want at least two videos a week to be around like 30 minutes at most, maybe even less than that. So I'm going to work on that. Um, like, especially this week, like come Friday, because after today's episode, we're moving on to baseball. We're going to put the NFL stuff. It's going to still be going on, obviously, but we're going to sideline that for a little bit. And we're going to focus more on baseball because that's right around the corner. April 1st is opening day, and the pod squad, I'm excited for them. I'm on the other teams too, but man, Slam Diego has been making appearances in spring training. 
It's just disgusting. Shout out to O'Grady, who had two yayas a couple days ago. We had we had another uh, Grand Slam with C.J. Abrams, who's on fire. Just an exciting time to be a Padre fan. But today, it's the NFL. And so, what I want to do is, since things are still going on right now, my, I got my phone right next to me. If there's any like breaking updates while I'm recording this, I will let you know. But I want to go through each team and like kind of quickly go through and talk about some moves that they've made already. And that's pretty much gonna, what we're going to do for today. And then after I run through all the all of the teams, then we'll talk about who is still left, like who's on the table, who are like priority guys the team should be looking after, and things like that. Okay, before we get into it. Let's plug some stuff, shall we? So, if you want to follow, if you've listened to the podcast before and you want to, you know, stay up with the news and things like that, you can follow it on Instagram at your stocks for that. I need to get better about just posting, not just when I record, like just like you know, posting random things in general. I'm so bad at social media. I really have to work and get better at. It. I gotta like, I gotta go like, <laughs> go find like some like. Uh, Instagram models and just like message them, but like, how, how do I do this Instagram and social media thing? I don't know, dude. It's insane. Um, but yeah, it's at Yerks Talks on Instagram. If you want to follow there, you can also follow the podcast on Spotify. You can also follow um, the, the Facebook page, Yerks Talks, and uh, subscribe to Apple Podcasts if you want as well. My Twitter, another place I'm slacking. I just ah, it's it's rough, man. I I'm just so bad at social media. I gotta get better. But uh, my Twitter at John Yarks, if you want to follow me there. All right, with all that plugging out of the way, let's get into the free agency extravaganza episode. And so yeah, like I said, gonna break, go through, talk about uh, moves that teams have made if they've made any, and we're just gonna you know go through, and then we'll we'll end it off talking about some free agents that are still available. Okay, so we'll start with the AFC. Let's go to the AFC North, shall we? And uh, we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. So, they, uh, I was surprised that they let both of their pass rushers go, uh, Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwa. I think they were two of their best defensive players last season, and so they're both gone. I'll talk about where they landed in this episode. Uh, but they did sign uh, left guard Kevin Zietler from the Giants, and so they signed him to a three-year deal, which is good for them. Helps out their offensive line a lot. There's still some uncertainty about their, um, not their starting left tackle, but the guy who filled in for him. Uh, he might still leave. So getting another lineman in there adds some stability there. And then outside of that, they, were, they haven't really done anything yet. Just uh, some contract extensions with some players that are already on the roster. And, uh, you know, just some trying to move some money around and things like that. So that's Baltimore as of right now. The Bengals, they've been a little bit busy. Now, I talked about how they have cap space currently and how maybe they shouldn't allocate a lot of the resources to free agency because I don't think that they're ready to compete next season. I think it's going to be around 2023 when Cincinnati is really around there. But that doesn't mean that they can't do any business. And if they find a foundational piece, then it's good to go out there and get one. And, they, and I think that they they feel that they've gotten that with defensive end Trey Hendrickson. So I talked about him, I believe, on Friday where uh, he was 
former former New Orleans Saint, coming off his best season as a pro uh, last year, uh, last uh, year of his rookie contract, he I believe tied either led the league or was joint tied with 13 sacks last season. He was a beast, and he he gets that big contract that he wants, a four year, sixty million dollar deal with the Bengals. And uh, yeah, so lo- hopefully they lock up a solid pass rusher for the foreseeable future. And, you know, I, I really do feel around that 2023 season is when Cincinnati will be on the map. They also uh, improved their secondary, adding two cornerbacks, Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh and Chidobe Awuzi from Dallas. I watched him a lot uh, when he was in college, Awuzi. Uh, he was a cornerback for uh, Colorado. And uh, he, solid player. I think uh, Dallas made a mistake letting him go. Let's move to Cleveland. The Browns, they've made a couple moves. And I, their, um, their front office is not getting enough credit. I think that they've been outstanding. Uh, the only Maybe like the OBJ move hasn't worked out. But, I mean, on paper, it should be outstanding. But Baker May, for, for whatever reason, Baker Mayfield is worse when Odell Beckham Jr. is on the field. I think he just puts the blinders on and just focuses on him too much. And it... You know, it, it blinds him from the other weapons on that offense that are really good. Um, but yeah, the, once again, two two great signings that they've made so far. Defensive end to Karis McKinley, they get him on a very cheap deal around like four or five million, and you know he's bounced around a little bit. He was on the Falcons, and you know he was he wanted that long term contract, didn't get it. There was also some um, some health issues where he was overweight for training camp, things like that. They, uh, the Niners tried him out. He didn't make the roster there. And so the, he's going to get a shot in Cleveland. And if he lands and if he's successful, I mean, this guy could be one of the best pass rushers in the league. And so getting him on like a very cheap deal is great. And then I love this other signing that they just made. John Johnson, uh, safety from the Rams. He is now a Cleveland Brown. I am shocked that they let him go, but – the Rams, I mean, they're, they're paying a lot of people a ton of money, and so they're going to have to make difficult decisions, and this is one of them. I think that he is one of the best safeties in the league right now, and so Cleveland had to improve on had to improve their pass rush and their secondary. They still need to this offseason, and they did both those things with both these moves, and so I, um, I, I like the direction Cleveland's going. I think there's still some uncertainty about Baker Mayfield, but he'll be the quarterback next year. And uh, he'll have to prove it again in order to get that long-term contract with the Browns. And last but not least in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They haven't done much yet. Uh, they've re-signed some people. They've restructured some contracts. That's about it. Uh, James Conner, he's uh, still a free agent. They're running back. And so they, they might look to retain him. But they haven't made any big splashes. They haven't really had the capital. Uh, you know, they re-signed Roethlisberger. He's going to restructure his deal to give them a little bit more money. Uh, but, yeah, they have not done much. But they did let somebody go, and he's moving to the AFC South. And we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, actually, we'll move to the AFC South now, but we'll talk about him um, after we talk about these other teams. So let's start in the AFC South with the Houston Texans. So they've been in the news since the end of the Super Bowl, right, with the Deshaun Watson news. Speaking of Deshaun, there was a report that came out last night that, or early this morning, depending on where you are, uh, that he's getting sued uh, for his actions towards a massage therapist. 
that's really all I know about the situation. Um, essentially, like I, I guess the the gist of it is that he was acting inappropriately with her, and she wanted a six figure se- settlement. And Watson's come out on social media and said, "I'm looking forward to defending myself. Like I, I would never do that to women. Things like that. It's just weird that this is coming out right now with all this uh, rumors about him." And like the future with the Texans, right? So, um, so Houston is adamant that like they are not accepting trade offers. They they are just convinced that Deshaun Watson is going to stay with the Texans. Their new head coach David Coley's come out on numerous occasions, and he's saying Deshaun's not going anywhere. Where Watson has been very clear, I am never playing in a Texans uniform again. It'll be very interesting to see what happens when we get closer to uh, first day of training camp, OTA, stuff like that. If Deshaun Watson is going to hold out for the for the entire 2021 season, because he would lose millions. Now, I think it's worth for him to hold out because I just think that this situation is awful. Like for me, I got red flags coming up left, right, and center. You know, and. Deshaun Watson, I think, is a smart enough guy. You know, he has other ventures outside of football, business ventures, and that him missing out on this money right now, long term, I don't think will affect him because he's so young. He's only 25, and he'll get he'll get another contract after this fat one he just signed with the Texans. So if I'm him, I'm saying, you know what? I'm not even gonna risk it. I'm not gonna, you know have any health injuries, health concerns, anything like that. I'll sit out this year, and then the Texans will be forced to trade me. The longer Houston waits, the worse deal they will get. Free agency's already started. There's already some quarterbacks that have that have moved. There's still some that could move. Sam Darnold in particular, he's one. And so the longer, if they wait till after the draft, I mean, you're going to have maybe two teams that are interested in Deshaun Watson that didn't take a quarterback in the draft. And so, you know, and then like at that point, it's like, well, like there's, we're like, we're the only team. Like it's, it's us and this other team. So this is our offer. If you don't like it, then you can go with the other team. And if not, then you can shove off. So I think it's in, te- in the Texans best interest to get ac- accumulate draft picks for Watson while you can. And then, and just move on, start over. Like go, go ask these teams, go inquire about these teams if they want to go get them. I just think that it's like they—it's like they have a bomb in their office right now, and it's gonna go off eventually. They just don't know when. And instead of dealing with the bomb, trying to disarm it, they're just saying like, "Ah, eh, well, we got time. It's not like it's gonna go off tomorrow, but it could." So yeah, like Texans, figure it out. All right. Now, back on the free agency front, even though they, they saw this Deshaun Watson stuff going on, they're still making moves. Uh, they went out and signed a con- contingency plan, basically, if Watson sits out, in a great quarterback who I love a lot. It's just never been able to really, like, get, I don't like whenever it seems like he's going to be the guy in for the team, something always happens, and that's Tyrod Taylor. I think he's a solid backup, a solid player, deserves to be a starter in this league. And, like, he was a starter in Cleveland, then he got injured and Baker Mayfield took over, and then he went to the Chargers, he got his lung punctured, and then we saw Herbert take over, which, uh, you know, I mean, once Herbert comes out there and looks as good as he is, you can't give the starting spot back to Tyrod. 
So he's going to get, I think, another shot here with the Texans. I, I, I'm i rooting for him, man. Like, obviously, he's had a great career as far as, like, money goes. I, I just think he's a really solid quarterback that is good enough to be one of the 32 starters in the NFL. And, I'm, and I think it's a like, – despite all the Texans' nonsense, this is actually a really good deal by them that they were able to get across the line. All right, enough about Houston. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts, who uh, – have not done much, but actually, it just right before I right before I started recording, uh, there was a um, there was news that they re-signed Marlon Mack, their running back. So, uh, return of the Mack, there it is. Uh, Marlon Mack, he had his ACL injury last season, didn't get to play, and that was the emergence of Jonathan Taylor, the rookie that they drafted last year, along with Naheem Hines. They were. A great one-two punch for the Colts. And so I thought, oh, man, that's it for Marlon Mack. But he comes back on a very team-friendly deal, one year, $2 million. And, you know, it helps the Colts out a lot. It really does. Having more depth, uh, you know, you have Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, and now Naheem Hines. I mean, that that's a nasty backfield. So really good for them. Outside of that, we know about the Carson Wentz uh, deal that they made with the Eagles. They have not really done uh, they've just basically restructured contracts, essentially, uh, and just now re-signed Marlon Mack. They still need a left tackle, Anthony Costanza. Costanza or Costanza? Well, Costanza is is Seinfeld, but um, I think it's Costanzo. He retired, so they still got to fill that blindside spot, and so we'll see if they do that in the coming days. Here, moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the team with the highest. Uh, with the biggest, I guess is the, the word, salary cap space. Uh, they've been making some moves. So here's some players that the Jaguars have acquired. Carlos Hyde, running back. Uh, I He's always been good. Uh, the Niners drafted him. I was so stoked out of Ohio State. Just injury prone. But when he's on the field, he's fantastic. Uh, safety, Rayshon Jenkins. Defensive tackle, Roy Robertson-Harris. Wide receiver, Marvin Jones Jr. Love that signing as well from Detroit. He's just consistently great. Uh, Marvin Jones, just a really solid wide receiver day in, day out. So just like a, he's like a safety valve for Trevor Lawrence. So that's going to be really nice. And you add him to an already fantastic wide receiver core. I've talked about a lot. I love Jacksonville's wide receivers. DJ Chark, uh, D.D. Westbrook is a free agent. He may not, he, may, he might not be there, which is why you're bringing in Marvin Jones. And then the rookie, LaVisca Chenault, who had a great uh, rookie season. And then quarterback Shaquille Griffin from the Seahawks. Uh, Seattle was trying to get a deal done with him, but they couldn't get across the line. So he goes to Jacksonville on a three-year, $40 million deal. So, yeah, they've been making some moves. Solid pieces added to both the offensive and defensive side. And, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is going to come in there, and he's going to have the tools to succeed in year one. And then last but not least, we got the Tennessee Titans, who let go of a couple pieces uh, Johnny Smith, their tight end, uh, their cornerback, Adoree Jackson, is gone as well, along with some other players. But they their their vision was clear this offseason. We have to get a pass rush. And they did that. Uh, they brought in two guys. First, big-name guy, Bud Dupree from the Steelers. They signed him to a five-year, $82.5 million contract. Now, he's going to be coming off an ACL injury, but I think that we've uh, sports science has gotten so good at repairing the ACL uh, that I don't think there's a lot of 
concern there. I think the rehab is gonna is going well. Uh, those are reports so far, and so yeah, this is a. I mean, oh man, he he is like you know that you're a stud in the NFL if you look good on a great defense, and that's exactly what Bud Dupree did was for the Steelers. Uh, he they just couldn't afford him, and so now he goes to the Titans, and they he's gonna help their pass rush like tenfold. Along with Dupree, they also bring in Danico Autry, defensive tackle from the Colts, who had a great season last year as a defensive tackle, had seven and a half sacks. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, they also signed cornerback Janoris Jenkins, which helps um, which helps them after releasing their cornerback, Adore Jackson. So, yeah, Titans, they're, they're addressing their defense, which they needed to do. And more specifically, they addressed that pass rush, and I don't think they're going to be done quite yet. We move to the AFC East, and we're going to circle the wagons, and nobody does it quite like the Buffalo Bills. Now, they've been a little bit quiet. Uh, they've signed some guys of their own. Matt Milano, for starters. Um, they got um, Micah Hyde, their safety. Uh, but they, but one great signing that um, it might go under the radar a little bit, but because his, uh, he's, got, he's got like a big name, he's been around the league for a while, it might not. But I love this deal for Buffalo because they released wide receiver John Brown and they get a better one, in my opinion, in Emmanuel Sanders. He signs to Buffalo on a one-year, $6 million deal, which is an absolute steal for a weapon of his caliber. Uh, he, I think it's great. You got him, Stephon Diggs, and Cole Beasley. I, I, I mean, just nasty weapons for Josh Allen and this offense. I think, I mean, it looks great, man. It really does. I think the Bills still need to add um, a couple defensive pieces, but I'm loving. I, I I love that signing so far. I think that their offseason has been great. Uh, retaining Milano and Hyde, and then now signing F Sanders, uh, like a plus Buffalo. You're doing great things. Let's move to Miami, where the weather's a lot nicer than Buffalo. We got uh, the Finns making some moves. So Malcolm Brown, the running back from the Rams, they signed him on a two year deal. Solid running back. He had a good season last year. Defensive tackle Adam Butler, he comes along he comes along as well. And Jacoby Brissett, who's going to be the backup for Tua. Uh, unless Tua isn't up to it, then Jacoby Brissett will take over. He comes over from the Colts. Solid backup in the league. And there's you can never... Being a backup quarterback is probably the best job in the NFL. You make a ridiculous amount of money, and you rarely get hit. Uh, you know, and you get like all the perks of being on the NFL team. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just a fantastic. I mean, the only downside is that like you're not out there playing, but you're an integral, you're an integral part to the team's success. So, yeah, Jacoby Brissett, really solid backup. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and he, he might get a chance to start because I, I don't, I don't think you've seen enough from Tua to make like your assessment. But I mean, based on what we saw last year, he might be on a pretty short leash. So, yeah, Dolphins want to secure a solid backup in case Tunga Vailoa is not the guy, and so they do that with Brissett. Let's move to the Patriots, which is probably the shock of free agency so far because in the past, New England doesn't spend money, right? They normally they draft, they draft well. Well, defensively, they draft well, and then normally they milk uh, those players until they feel like they've gotten the most out of them and then they sell them on. And normally those players suck after that and they get like a bunch of comp 
compensated draft picks and, you know, like salary cap space and money and things like that. And then normally it's like, well, we don't have to spend the money. Like we're already built to succeed right now. But times are a changing, right? After the Tom Brady divorce, New England, they actually have cap space this season and they got aggressive. And by got aggressive, I mean like they have signed basically everybody. For starters, not only do they get the best uh, free agent tight end available in Jonu Smith, they get both of them. So they sign Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, the top two uh, tight end free agents. Jonu Smith gets a deal around $50 million. Hunter Henry gets one about $25.30. And that's insane, all right, right off the bat. In addition to that, they go get linebacker Matthew Judon, two wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar, who had a great rebound season with the Raiders last year, and then Kendrick Bourne from the Niners, a guy that you might not know a lot about. But as a Niner fan, I got mad respect for Kendrick Bourne. I think he's really good. He wanted to get some money. He comes over, three-year, $25 million deal. He was just always playing second fiddle um, in San Francisco to Debo Samuel and now Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, all the other weapons. And so he goes out and gets the money. And I think that he could actually be – I think he's very underrated. Like He was just a solid piece in San Francisco. And I think that like he was – um, yeah, just really underrated there because you had other flashy guys that I just mentioned that, you know, take the spotlight away, but just a great, uh, great squad player and a solid addition for New England. So yeah, and I'm not done by the way with the Patriots. So they also, in addition to all these guys that I just mentioned, they get safety Jalen Mills as well on top of that. If they had somehow found a way to get Jimmy Garoppolo from the Niners or any other quarterback that's not Cam Newton, I think that you could say the Patriots are in there for a Super Bowl. Like with with all these signings, you imagine Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense with all these pieces and then the defensive guys that they just signed. And by the way, Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung didn't play last season. They're coming back. So yeah, I mean this this defense is stacked. This offense got some great playmakers. The only question mark you have, and unfortunately it's at the worst position, is the quarterback. Cam Newton cannot throw a football anymore. I'm sorry. Like he he it's bad. Eight touchdowns last season, only eight in 15 games. Eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But he had 12 rushing touchdowns. I, I don't care. Like he has to be able to throw the ball. That's like I don't care how good your weapons are. Like, you got to be able to throw the ball out there, right? So we we will see. Like I I will believe it when I see it with Cam Newton. Now they're gonna win nine, maybe ten games because they're the Patriots. All right, well run organization with a fantastic defense and the talent on offense might just be enough to win some close games. But come playoff time, in like pursuit of a Super Bowl. Cam Newton is a massive liability until I am until I see otherwise. So yeah, but I mean it's it's good to see that even even teams like New England are splashing the cash in a year where people are like, oh, we don't have the budget because of the COVID shenanigans. New England's like, nah, we're gonna go out there and spend the money that we actually have, and it's good to see. I I maybe would have liked them to go and get instead of Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar if they would have gone and maybe got like Kenny Galladay, for example. 
or like an, another like a bigger name wide receiver, but it's not really New England style. Like outside of Randy Moss, they don't really they don't really do this. But yeah, getting Matthew Judon was fantastic, along with Jalen Mills. So yeah, I mean, solid off seasons are far from New England. They've made great moves. And then last in the FC East, let's talk about the Jets, 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 Jets. So a couple of moves that they've made. Wide receiver Corey Davis from the Titans. He is now a New York Jet. He signs on a three-year deal. We'll see with Corey Davis. He's another one, kind of like Cam Newton. Um, Davis is very talented. Nobody doubts that about him, right? He was the fifth overall pick in the year he was drafted. So, yeah, I mean, people have belief in him. But he just hasn't He hasn't shown it since he's been in the NFL, except last year he was great. Until when they needed him the most, like down the stretch and then playoffs, he was non-existent. But the report around New York is, um, especially with Robert Sala coming in there, they want people who want to be a part of the rebuild, who want to be New York Jets. And so, you know, they, they want people that like love the game, that like, you know, like eat, like eat, drink, sleep, like all that stuff, football, you know, and Corey Davis is one of those guys along with defensive end Carl Lawson, who also signed with the Jets. Now, he's a guy whose numbers are don't do him enough justice, right? Where his sack numbers are a little bit low for somebody who rushes the, pre- who rushes the passer, but he gets pressures a lot, which causes a lot of good things. When the quarterback's under duress, it causes a lot of good things to happen for your defense. And so, yeah, the Jets are just trying to get these foundational guys to help the rebuild that, you know, like they want to bleed the Jets green and love football. And so they get that with Corey Davis and Carl Lawson. And then another kind of sneaky signing here by the Jets, they get linebacker Gerard Davis on a $5 million deal. This guy is really good. I think he's very underrated. And so look out for him next year. I, I I, I like some of these moves. Corey Davis I'm a little bit shaky about, but Carl Lawson I think doesn't get enough respect. And then Gerard Davis is very sneaky. Still no word on Sam Darnold, by the way. Uh, I They were open to trading him, but there's still no word on if there's actually going to get it. There's actually going to be a deal that happens. And so who knows? Like they maybe like when we get closer to the draft, they might actually stick with Sam Darnold and, you know, maybe trade their, their number two draft pick to get more capital. Who knows? But yeah, as of right now, Sam Darnold is on the market. It's just nobody's gone after him yet. And who knows how much it's going to cost. Let's move to the uh, last team in the AFC here, the AFC West. And we'll start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, so they um, haven't done too too much as far as free agent acquisitions, but they did resign two key players. First, defensive tackle Shelby Harris. And they, this needed to get done. He is so good and to have like to let him walk out of the building would have been a massive mistake. And then Von Miller, they uh, restructure his deal, so he's gonna be back. Yeah, both these guys are studs, and yeah, they're great defensive players. And so yeah, Denver got those deals across the line, which is fantastic for them. And then they did make a move; they signed cornerback Ronald Darby from Washington. Outside of that, Denver has not really done much. Let's move to the Chiefs who uh, got rid of both of their offensive linemen in a shock move, uh, but they're going to be fine. They've already started to uh, rebuild that offensive line by bringing in 
a new guard in Joe Thune on a five-year, $80 million deal. Uh, they've also restructured some contracts like uh, Chris Jones or Chandler. Is it Chris Jones? I think it's Chris Jones. I get I get the Jones. There's a Chris Jones, and then there's a Chandler Jones. I believe Chandler Jones is on the Cardinals, and then Chris Jones is on the Chiefs. I could have mixed their first names, though. And so, yeah, they restructured his contract, uh, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes restructured his contract too. Uh, so, yeah, to make to make some room for Joe Thune coming in, they're also going to be bringing back wide receiver Byron Pringle. So, yeah, don't worry about the Chiefs. They're going to be A-OK. A team that I am concerned about here, the Las Vegas Raiders. I have no idea what the hell they're doing. Um, let's start with the I, – I, let's go with the, the good news here, so like the pros – so, first things first, they, they land Yannick Ngakwe from the Ravens. So, yeah, like I said, Baltimore, both of their pass rushers, poof, gone. So, I don't know how they're going to fix that. Uh, but let's talk about Raiders here. So, they, they did land Yannick Ngakwe on a two-year, $26 million deal, and they have a replacement for Nelson Aguilar and John Brown from Buffalo. Both of those signs, I think, are great. However, when you look at the bad news here, I don't know what's going on with their offensive line, but they, they've gotten rid of everybody except their left tackle, Colton Miller. Everybody else is gone. So Trent Brown, the right tackle, he went to New England last week. But now their center, Rodney Hudson, they released him yesterday, and uh, he, he went to the Cardinals, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, like their left guard and right, like left guard and right guard, are, right guard are gone too. Like I don't understand what the hell happened. They invested so much money to bring in this great offensive line to protect Derek Carr and run the ball, and now it just, like it's just left in shambles. And I have no idea what the hell they were thinking. So yeah, kind of a mixed bag for the Raiders so far. Really good sightings with Ngakwe and John Brown, but. I'm just scratching my head at the other stuff. I have no idea what they're thinking, getting rid of all their offensive linemen. I mean, Rodney Hudson is a pro bowler. He's a pro bowl center. And, like, they just released him. And it was only, like, a $2 million cap hit. So I, I got like, shenanigans. Just absolute shenanigans. And then last team here in the AFC West, we got the L.A. Chargers. So uh, they released cornerback Casey Hayward, which saved them about $10 million. Not a big fan of that, uh, but I what I do love is they signed center Corey Lindsey from the Packers on a five-year, $62.5 million deal. So that's two Packers on the offensive line now for the Chargers in uh, Lindsey and then Balaga. And then they also brought in right tackle Matt Feeler, which is good. Uh, right, the time is The time is now to win as the Chargers, right? You don't have to pay Herbert anything. He's a fantastic quarterback. I don't think I don't think he's gonna have that sophomore slump, right? I think he's like uh, gonna be a franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future, and so yeah, uh, I don't think they're gonna be done. I think they're gonna keep making moves. Um, maybe get a um, <clears throat> maybe get another defensive piece in there. Maybe another lineman. Who knows? But yeah, I like Chargers. Keep buying. Keep you know like you don't have to pay Herbert anything. So go out there and get those big name free agents. And let's try to compete for a Super Bowl. All right, that is, that is it for the AFC. Let's move to the NFC now, and we're going to start We're gonna start in the NFC North, and we're going to start with this team because if I wait any longer, I'm just I'm going to freak out. 
Again, I, I, I have to, we're going to take a minute here to talk about the Chicago Bears and what in the actual hell they are doing. Okay, so they franchise tag Allen Robinson, right? Fantastic. Great move. Had to get done. It's good for both parties. For the Bears, they needed to keep Allen Robinson because they, they were trying to get after Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. For Allen Robinson, you don't want to commit to a long-term deal with the Bears because it's a cluster. Right, you have no idea what's going to be happening there, like a couple seasons down the road. So, there's been rumors that the Bears have been trying to get Russell Wilson from Seattle. Now, I have said several times now that it that if Seattle let go of Russell Wilson, they would have to be bat shit insane. Okay, now with all that being said. There were talks yesterday between Ryan Pace, the GM of the Bears, uh, who is not going to be the GM for very much longer, and um, the GM of the Seahawks, okay? There were talks back and forth. At the end of the day, Seattle came out and said, we are not interested in trading Russell Wilson at this time. Now, here's what was offered for Russell Wilson. This is reportedly what the Bears offered for him. Seattle would have gotten three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two starters. That's what Seattle would have gotten for Russell Wilson. And, and as a Bears fan, I would have said, yes, do it. I don't care what the repercussions are down the road. I want Russell Wilson because this guy is a top-five quarterback in the league. He'd be great for the city of Chicago. Like, I am all about it. And I could finally root for Russell Wilson instead of rooting against him because he plays on the Seahawks, and I am first and foremost a Niner fan, right? But it didn't get across the line. So what do the Bears decide to do instead? With all of the quarterback bullshit that's been going on since day one of Ryan Pace's, uh, you know, career as the GM for the Bears. They go out, he goes out, and he decides, you know what, we're going to go sign Andy freaking Dalton on a one-year, $10 million deal. Oh, my God. It's just a slap to the face, man. It is horrendous. Here, This is his resume when it comes to quarterbacks. Like Ryan Pace, who after this season is out of a job. Like he He's gone. And unfortunately, Matt Nagy's going to be gone too. I don't think Matt Nagy is, like, you can't blame him for all of this. You really can't. Because when you look at the quarterbacks that Ryan Pace has, has signed here as the GM of the Bears, oh, man, it's disgusting. So, yeah, March 2017, we're going to go back a little bit. He signs Mike Glennon, who, who, was like, who lost his job as the Jaguars quarterback, by the way. The Jaguars, the awful, shitty Jaguars. Back, back in 2017, signed Mike Glennon to a three-year, $45 million contract. year later, cut him. Cut him a year later because we went out and we traded up. We traded up for Mitch Trubisky. Drafted him second overall in the 2017 draft, and that has just been awful. Didn't have to trade up for him, and we did anyway. And then we have last season, March 2020. Like, where it's like, come on, dude, rip the bandit off of Trubisky. Get him out of there. Go, like, go draft somebody else. Go, like, get a solid backup. And then what do we do? We decide to give Nick Foles a three year, 
$24 million deal. In ex- and also, a fourth. we trade a fourth-round pick away, in addition to giving Foles like $20 million guaranteed, and it was just awful. It was worse than Trubisky. Foles was so bad last year that not, he took Trubisky's job and then gave it right back. And then now we have Andy Dalton, who, I mean, oh, my God. Come come week one, Trubisky's going to somehow be the starter of this freaking team, dude. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. And, like, Dalton is, like, one of the, like, he might be the worst signing you could have with all these free agents. In court. Like, go get, like, why didn't you go get Tyrod Taylor? Like, Marcus Mariota, as far as I'm aware, is still on the market. He'd be way better. At least he's mobile. Our offensive line stinks. That's why Trubisky was good in flashes, because he's athletic. Like, Trubisky has a winning record. And, like, you know, a lot of that is on Matt Nagy. But still, like, he's athletic. He can move out of the pocket. Andy Dalton can't move. He's like a baby gazelle out there. Like, he, he can't move well. And so you're going to have this, this mediocre offensive line protect him and sit back in the pocket? I mean, Allen Robinson is just like, oh, my God. He's probably chugging, like, just chugging so so much alcohol right now. Like, oh, my goodness, man. It is just, oh, like your expectations versus reality here. Like the expectations of signing Russell Wilson or like a Deshaun Watson. And then the reality, it's like we get freaking – the, the ginger Andy Dalton, nothing against ginger, but the red rocket Andy Dalton or the red rifle, whatever you want to. Oh, my God. It is just so, so horrendous, man. Ryan Fitz, uh, Ryan Fitz magic. That would have been great. We'll talk about where he landed. Uh, but, oh, my goodness, man. Oh, uh, yeah. They've re-signed some people, too, but that that's all I got with the Bears. All right, we're moving on. Oh my god! It's just another disappointing season we're in store for next year, or I mean, yeah, in twenty twenty one. Oh god, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> okay, come on, Chuck. The Detroit Lions. Uh, they're still doing their clear out right. They've gotten rid of a ton of pieces, but they did re-sign defensive end Romeo Aquara on a three-year, forty million dollar deal. It's a solid guy they can build their defense around. Uh, they also made some other really nice pieces, um, some other really nice signings. Uh, for starters, running back Jamal Williams from the Packers. It's a really good third down running back, solid pass catcher. It, you know, helps out your uh, helps out DeAndre Swift, a young guy in there. And then defensive tackle Micah Brockers. They got him from the Rams, and this is hilarious, actually. So um, when Stafford got traded to the Rams from the Lions. Brockers was still on the Rams at this point, and he said, like, oh, man, this is such an upgrade from Jared Goff. And now, (laughs) after saying that, he now gets traded to Detroit and joins Jared Goff. So, yeah, that's a little awkward. Don't burn your bridges, all right? Like, don't. There's some life advice. Never never burn your bridges unless, like, you really think that, like, you'll never see this person again. I mean, because, yeah. Brockers complain. <laughs> he looks like such an asshole now. He's on the same team as Goff. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. But yeah, the Lions. Uh, you know, I think that they've they've done really well. I mean, they've they've traded some plates and pieces that they don't want. And yeah, I think uh, so far so good with them. Let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they restructured their linebacker Anthony Barr's contract. They signed defensive tackle Dalvin Thompson from the Giants. That's about it. And then last in the NFC North, who's they're going to win it again this year, the Green Bay Packers. 
And uh, now they re-signed their tight end Robert Tanyan, which was a good deal they got done. They also restructured the contracts of the Smiths, Preston and Zadarius. They're not brothers, uh, but yeah, the two Smiths they got on their roster. Um, and then they, uh, through restructuring those contracts, it paved the way for them to re-sign their star running back, Aaron Jones, on a four-year, $48 million deal. So he gets that $12 million a year annually that he wanted. Um, it's good. I don't know why they didn't bring back Corey Lindsey. That seems like a mistake to me. But, you know, the Chargers get him, so that's fantastic for them. Uh, Green Bay still needs a wide receiver, and there's a ton of guys out there, so I expect them to make that happen eventually. Let's move to the NFC South. Start with the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, they restructured Matty Ice, Matt Ryan's contract, uh, along with their left tackle, Jake Matthews. That's it so far. They have not done much. Carolina Panthers. I think this is going to be – this is a calm before the storm. I think this is the one place that actually has traction for Deshaun Watson. I think that they can make it happen. Their owner, he likes to spend money, and so it makes sense. Now, one deal that came in right before I started recording this, they get, and I don't know why the Chargers let him go, but Denzel Perryman from the Chargers, they get him. They get him from, yeah, they get him from the Chargers on a two-year deal. Fantastic signing for them. I think Perryman is one of the most underrated linebackers in the league. I loved him as a Charger, and I, I'm, I'm stunned they let him go. I think it hurts. And so, yeah, I I love what Carolina's doing. And if they get Deshaun Watson, like, whoo, because I'm, I'm, I'm already, like, bullish over Carolina. But, like, oh, man, if they get that, like, oh, my goodness, sploosh, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just love what Carolina's, what Carolina's doing. I thought Matt Rule had a great first season. I just, I'm just i all about the Panthers right now. Uh, wanted to give a special shout-out to Greg Olson, uh, former – well, there were time – okay, let me back up. Wanted to give a shout-out to Greg Olson and – tight end Greg Olson and linebacker Thomas Davis, who both do, retired last week as Carolina Panthers. These guys are fantastic. Thomas Davis, he went through so much. I mean, broke his – arm and then like played with a broke i mean he's just a stud and then greg olson the bears should have never let him go but then he went to carolina with cam newton and he just completely balled uh he just balled out he was fantastic so yeah both of these guys retired last week both excellent careers in the nfl new orleans saints they also had somebody retire and that was drew breeze future hall of famer he finally hangs up the cleats and uh Speaking of free agents, I mean, this this probably will go down as the best free agent signing ever. You know, Drew Brees coming off that brutal injury in San Diego. He signs in 2005 with the Saints, and he was fantastic. So great. Uh, won a Super Bowl with them. He, he was he, He's just done so much for that team and the city. I mean, when Katrina happened, like, he was there for that, like, helping rebuild and, you know, just brought so much life life and energy back to them and that Saints team. Just fantastic. Here, here are the stats, man, for Drew. So he ranks first right now in passing yards with 80,358. He's first in completions with seven over 7,000. He has the highest completions percentage with 67.7%, and he's second in passing touchdowns with 571. Hell of a career, man. Love me some Drew Brees and uh, – He's going to be a uh, broadcaster for CBS, which is cool. 
So yeah, we, we have not seen the last of him. He'll be transitioning to the booth, which I cannot wait to hear him commentate. I'm sure it's going to be similar to like Tony Romo, where he just like as a quarterback, you just kind of have more insight to what's going on. And so that'll be exciting to see. I think he's going to be fantastic in the booth. With Drew Brees leaving, New Orleans needed a quarterback, and they found one in Jameis Winston. Now, this was the obvious move after signing him last season. You figured he was going to be the guy, and so he signed another one-year deal, which is up to worth about $12 million when it's all said and done, including incentives and all that stuff. And so, yeah, they signed him. They have not really done much yet. They've been uh, restructuring some contracts. They released linebacker Quan Alexander, that saves them about $13 million. They restructured Michael Thomas's deal and um, some other guys as well. So, yeah, the Saints could still be bringing somebody on. Who knows? And then last but not least, in the NFC South, we have the Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're trying to keep the band together, and they're doing a pretty damn good job of it so far. Uh, so, guys, that they've retained... Chris Godwin on the franchise tag. Uh, Levante David. Gronk is now back on a one-year deal. Shaquille Barrett, the other linebacker. So they keep the trio of linebackers. Uh, Davis, I think it's, is it David or David? Levante David, Devin White, and now Shaquille Barrett on it, uh, who signs a four-year, $68 million contract extension. Now they're still working on a couple other pieces. Try to keep them in Tampa Bay. Dominican Sue, defensive tackle. Uh, their kicker, Ryan Suckup, because they've had Tampa Bay has had kicking problems in the past, and now they, they feel like they finally got a guy in Suckup. So he'll be a priority. And then Leonard Fournette, who out was snatching souls in the Super Bowl. So they're looking to probably keep all these three guys. And yeah, Tampa Bay looks poised to repeat and defend their Super Bowl title. Let's move to the NFC East, or the NFC Least, rather. We'll start with the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys, right? They signed Dak Prescott to that four-year, $160 million deal, which I think is a mistake, but I've talked enough about that. Um, they restructured some contracts uh, on the offensive line with their left tackle, Tyron Smith, and their guard, Zach Martin. Uh, they've also re-signed a couple more people. Uh, as far as free agents go, they haven't really splashed. They haven't really made any news yet. The G-Men, the New York Giants, they get a deal done with defensive end Leonard Williams, who, who they were going to franchise tag. He wanted a lot of money, and he's going to get it. A three-year, $63 million extension. That's crazy. Uh, wide receiver John Ross, he also comes over. This could be a sneaky deal if John Ross stays healthy. He comes over from Cincinnati on a cheap one-year deal worth about $2.5, 3000000 million. Uh, it, it could be really good. I think John Ross has the talent. It's just more like eventually you got to be on the field. Um, remember, no Golden Tate for the Giants. He's a free agent, and so he'll. He, um, you know, they added add. They had. They needed to add another wide receiver, and so yeah, another weapon for Daniel Jones. Running back Devonte Booker, who had a solid season with the Raiders, he comes over now, and, and it's good. You know, they have some uncertainty at the position uh, due to the uh, situation with. Saquon Barkley, remember he had a season-ending injury last year, so he'll be coming back from an ACL tear, and uh, you never know with those, right? Um, so yeah, Devontae Booker is a solid backup, and uh, yeah, with, you, you never know, right? I, I think Barkley's going to bounce back and be terrific, but uh, not sure. Now, their offensive line is tr is worrisome because they got rid of Zeitler, who was 
arguably their best offensive line men. And uh, they did resign Nate Solder, but I mean, I, they're still missing some pieces there. So, yeah, I don't think like the Giants shouldn't be done in, in free agency. They should go get um, a, a guard. They really should. Let's move to Philly, who has been very quiet. The loudy Philly, the, the loud, the loudy, the loud Philly fans have not had a lot to cheer about. Uh, now they, uh, since the Carson Wentz trade or the the deal that they made with Indy to get rid of him, they have not done much. They've just been restructuring some contracts with defensive end Grant, Brandon Graham, their guard Brandon Brooks, their center Jason Kelsey, and some other people. Uh, they got to do something though. They need a wide receiver, maybe even two. There's a ton of wide receivers out there. They just got to go get one now. That, you know they don't have a, a bunch of money, but they they need to make some moves here because yeah, I mean they got to get better, right? And like they don't have to get that much better because it's the NFC East, but they need to be competitive and they have to go get weapons for Jalen Hurts. And then the last team in the AFC, the AFC, the NFC East here, the Washington Football Team. And we got Fitzmagic at the helm, baby. Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year, $10 million deal for Washington. I love this. I, I think the veteran presence here with the young Washington team is going to do wonders. They're going bl- to put their bodies on the line for Fitzmagic. It's going to be outstanding. Like, why didn't the Bears do this? Uh, it just frustrates me. So, yeah, Fitzmagic is going to go to the football team. Cornerback uh, William Jackson from the Bengals also signs there. They also bring in running back Lamar Miller, who um, had a season-ending injury last—I believe it was last year. Uh, he was a free agent, and so they get more depth at that position, which they did not have last year. Uh, they had their rookie Antonio Gibson, but when he went down, the running back position was non-existent. So yeah, you get Lamar Miller in there, see what he can do. He's had some injuries these past few seasons. But, you know, a solid backup, solid veteran presence for Antonio Gibson makes a ton of sense. And then we move to the – and then finally, we end with the best division in football, in my opinion. Not biased because I'm a Niner fan. It just – it is what it is, the NFC West, which, you know, if if everybody's healthy, it's the best division in football. Like, I don't think it's even close. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. So they got J.J. Watt. That was a big splash. And now another uh, high-profile name is going to Arizona, and that's wide receiver A.J. Green. So we had a falling out with the Bengals, right? Kind of a they want to go in a new direction, right? They kind of start, you know, want to rebuild again with Joe Burrow, give those younger wide receivers a shot. And so A.J. Green last season was oh he was good, but he was definitely frustrated. And so now he goes to Arizona. They're going to take a chance on him. Um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is not has not re-signed with the with the Cardinals yet. And so he might he might he might have played his last season in the NFL. Who knows? And so they're going to take a chance on AJ Green. It's about a one year or it's a one year about a seven and a half eight million dollar deal. I think it makes sense. Could could work out extremely well for them. I mean, A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, God, there's, there, there'd be one point where you, if both those guys were on the same roster, you'd run for the hills. It's, it's crazy, man. A.J. Green, like, in his prime, was just sensational. And he's still really good. So, yeah, I think it's a really solid signing for Arizona. They also just picked up uh, a Pro Bowl center in Rodney Hudson from the Raiders, which, again, I don't know what Las Vegas is doing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they 
they they trade for Rodney Hudson um, in exchange for giving the Raiders their 2021 third-round pick, and the Raiders give them Hudson and a 2021 seventh-round pick. This makes no sense. Like, this, like why do people want to tr- – like, why do people trade with the Cardinals and give them such great deals? You have the DeAndre Hopkins deals last year, and then now the Raiders give Rodney Hudson basically for free, like a third-round draft pick that might might not even materialize to anything, and it costs the Cardinals a seventh-round draft pick. Great business for Arizona. I don't know what it is. They just keep sweet-talking people. Uh, it's crazy. But yeah, so far, so good for the Cardinals. The LA Rams. So they got Stafford. That was their big splash signing of the offseason so far. They've restructured some contracts with uh, the wide receiver Robert Woods and cornerback Jalen Ramsey, and uh, they re-signed their cornerback Darius Williams on a $5 million tender deal, which was great for them to do. He was fantastic last season. Now, they let John Johnson, their safety, walk. So we'll see if they pursue another safety in free agency that's cheaper. Uh, But I was really shocked by that because I thought he was – he, like their secondary was the best in football last year, so I thought that they would have done more to keep all of those guys. But like I said, you can't pay everybody, and when Jalen Ramsey is making the amount of money he's making, I mean it's hard. Like some somebody's gonna have to go, and that was John Johnson. We already talked about Michael Brockers to the Lions. It's just yeah, we'll be interesting to see what what the Rams do. I I, I last season I was saying they're one of the most, if not the most, complete team. Like when you look at all the position players, like in the NFL, and so I don't think they have to, they have a lot of holes to fill, but their secondary is one that they themselves caused, and they could also use another linebacker as well. The Seattle Seahawks, uh, they still have Russell Wilson uh, for now. Dot dot dot. Uh, they they said, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it off the table. Like the relationship between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson is not good. It's like they don't want it. Now, it's not as bad as the Deshaun Watson situation, or I don't think that you can salvage that. But, like, Russell Wilson, he's, he's a professional. Like, it's not that awful. He wouldn't, you know, it's, like, he's still going to be the quarterback for Seattle for the next couple of years, I feel, right? Now, don't be shocked, though, if, if in the draft this year, Seattle picks up a quarterback. I would not be, st- like, kind of similar to what the Packers did with Jordan Love. I could see Seattle doing that with Russell Wilson. I really could. It would. It, it, it's insane to me, but I could see it happening. In regards to free agency, uh, they haven't really done much either. Uh, they released Carlos Dunlap, which saved them $14 million. They re-signed their center, Kyle Fuller, and uh, their de- defensive tackle, Puna Ford. Yeah, that's Puna, P-O-O-N-A, Puna Ford. The one signing they did make, and this kind of stings a little bit, uh, but cornerback Kilo Witherspoon, former Niner, he signs with Seattle on a one-year deal worth about $5 million. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Uh, he was good at times, but then sometimes he was an absolute liability. So, I mean, you know, a one-year prove-it deal for him makes a lot of sense and good addition for Seattle, especially after losing Shaquem Griffin. I mean, they gotta have, they're going to have to fill the hole, fill the void that they, that they allowed – to be like allowed to happen for whatever reason. Makes no sense. I don't know. It's a business at the end of the day, right? 
where like even with the Chargers releasing Denzel Perryman, like for me that makes no sense at all because I think he's very good. But from the Chargers standpoint, from a business perspective, it could make a shit ton of sense. It doesn't always work out that way though. Like sometimes it's just a bad decision. Like if Perryman goes in Carolina and he balls out, then it's just a bad decision. Same with Shaquille, Shaquem Griffin with uh, the Jaguars. Like same thing. Like if he goes out there and has like a sensational Pro Bowl season, then it's like Seattle. What were you thinking? All right, last but not least, bang, bang, Niner gang, San Francisco 49ers. Now, we've made a couple of deals. So uh, we um, we signed linebacker Samson Abukum from the Rams, which is a solid squad player for them. I think it's a really solid – gives us more depth in that position. It's a good signing. We also bring in center Alex Mack from the Falcons, which is really good. We haven't had a center for like a year and a half now due to injuries. So we bring in Alex Mack. Solid veteran guy. Uh, but for us, it's really been about keeping some key players and like restructuring contracts to do so. So some guys that we were able to retain, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, who is integral to our defense, linebacker D Ford, who has had his injury concerns, but we he took a team-friendly restructure to stay on the roster. And then the big ones here, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, uh, had to keep him. Hope we were able to, and we finally get it done. A five-year, $27 million deal for the fullback. He's going to be a niner, um, hopefully for the rest of his career. And then the big one, the massive signing here, he was considered the best available free agent on the market, and we keep him. Left tackle Trent Williams. Came over from Washington last season. He had a sensational year as a niner last year. And he was the big free agent target for a lot of these teams, right? Like, he was the number one guy. If he hits the open market, got to go in for him. He wanted to stay as a Niner. He wanted the big contract. And the Niners, we got it done. Six-year, $138 million deal. He is now the highest-paid offensive lineman in NFL history. Uh, and this is funny. He, um, he makes... <laughs> There was like a comparison of the contracts, right? So, um, Brian, or yeah, Brian Balaga, not Brian, wait, no, David Bakhtiari. I'm getting my Green Bay lineman mixed up. David Bakhtiari was the highest paid lineman prior to this deal. And now Trent Williams is the highest paid by $10,000, which is hilarious. Like, he, like, you know, that's intentional. It's so petty, but I love it. So, yeah. He's the highest paid lineman annually now in the NFL by $10,000. Like, it's great. It's fantastic. So, yeah, the Niners, they keep their left tackle for the for the foreseeable future. They get their they get Juszczyk back, the juice, which he is so, like, both these guys were key to keep back, along with Mosley. Uh, like, it had to happen, so I'm glad that we were able to retain. Um, I think that we could still use another wide receiver, especially after letting Kendrick Bourne go. I think that um, the secondary needs some work as well. And so, yeah, we'll see where we go from here. That's going to do it for the roundup, though, for free agents, free agency news so far. Very quickly, I want to talk about who is still on the board, who's left. So let's start with the running backs. I'm just going to quickly go through this as fast as I can. So some running backs out there that deserve to be on a team that are probably going to get a deal eventually. You got Chris Carson. He could stay with Seattle. Like, who knows? Uh, James Conner with the Steelers. Kenyon Drake with the Cardinals. I think that he might be out of a job. 
he was pretty unimpressive with Arizona last year. He had a couple of good games, nothing nothing too crazy. Mike Davis with the Panthers, I think they, they might re-sign him. Now, Christian McCaffrey was injured for a majority of the season last year, but he was Mike Davis like did did like stepped in and like and then some. Like he was great. Like if they didn't have Mike Davis last year, like who knows where they where they would have been. Le'Veon Bell, I don't expect him back with the Chiefs. We'll see if he gets another deal somewhere, another one-year deal. And then two pass-catching backs that will definitely be on a roster somewhere. Uh, Duke uh, Duke Johnson and uh, James White. Now, I have been a fan of Duke Johnson since day one. I, I love him. And then James White, the longtime Patriot. He is just a great third-down back, good pass blocker. And so both these guys uh, can be really solid additions to any NFL team. Two tight ends that I want to talk about. So obviously the big name guys, John U. Smith and Hunter Henry, they're both gone, both to New England, which is just absurd. Uh, but there's only really two other guys I like on this list so far. There's some other names in there, like Dan Arnold from Arizona and Trey Burton, uh, you know, who had the Philly Philly pass to Nick Foles way back. Uh, but um, the two that I like that are still um, available, you got Jer- Gerald Everett or uh, Jarrett Everett from the Rams, and then Jared Cook from the Saints. Now, I ex- I think that they're both going to re-sign with their teams, but if not, then I think they're worth going out and getting in free agency. And then uh, the wide receivers here. So there's two big-name guys still out there, in my opinion. The first is Kenny Galladay from the Lions, Kenny G, and then you got Juju. Juju Smith-Schuster with the you know Corvette Corvette dancing on logos and whatnot. Both these guys want wide receiver one money. You know, like the fat contracts. Let me talk about Kenny Galladay first. So Galladay, he's 28. 2019 was his breakout year, right? 1,200 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. He was great. Last season, he was plagued by injury. Just only played five games, like riddled with it. Like the years, two years prior, he only missed one game, you know? So I think it was a fluke. I, I, I believe... Like, in my heart of hearts, like, it's a hill I'm willing to die on that Galladay is a top 10 wide receiver. That's how I feel about him. I think he's that good. Uh, so I think he's going to get a, a job somewhere. I think he can be that number one guy. And so some teams that I think should go after him, Baltimore Ravens, like, I'm like that one, like, is screaming to me. Like, if the Ravens were to get Kenny Galladay in addition with, like, to Hollywood Brown, like, oh, my God, like, it'd be, it'd be nasty. Now, it... Would require Lamar Jackson to take another step forward as a uh, pass, you know, as a passer, which I think he can do. But you know, still, like, I think it'd be great. Uh, the Eagles make sense. I don't know if they have the money to do it, but that would be another place. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts—they got rid of Ty. Uh, you know, they have Michael Pittman, who they just brought in. They have another couple other guys that are that are kind of unproven, and so bringing Kenny Galladay in there to give a, a true number one to Carson Wentz—that'd be great. And then the Raiders, although they just signed John Brown, they're still kind of relatively young there. They don't have like that big, big name number one, although they did invest in rookie re- receivers last year with Henry Ruggs and um, Brandon Edwards. We'll see. Now, as far as Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe I'm a little bit biased here because I really didn't like his like off-the-field antics and like the dancing and all that stuff, but I don't think he's worth wide receiver one money. Like I really don't. So I think he's going to have to take a pay cut if he wants to get a long-term deal done, which he definitely does. So, like, I mean, there's a reason Pittsburgh moved off of him. I mean, Pittsburgh drafts really well in the wide receiver department, 
That's one reason, but like I just don't think he's worth the amount of money that he wants. But uh, you know, places he could go are similar to Galladay, right? The Ravens, the Eagles, the Colts, same, like same thing. Uh, except, he, okay, he wouldn't go to Baltimore because that's a rival of Pittsburgh. There's no way they would let that happen. The main reason I think that these two are still on the market, though, is because there are a ton of free agent wide receivers right now that are really good and are like way less expensive. Right. I think Kenny Galladay is worth it, in my opinion. Like I would go out there and I'd drop money for him. Juju is not. But I mean, the guys that are still out there, you have T.Y. Hilton, Will Fuller, Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs, Curtis Samuel from the Panthers. I mean, like, you know, he had a great year. D.D. Westbrook. Like the list goes on and on and on. There's just a ton of guys that, you know, would cost a lot less than like number one wide receiver money that could really do a job for your team. Also want to give a shout out to Cordero Patterson was on the bears for the last couple of years. Uh, he'll go somewhere. He'll get a deal as a special teams returner slash like utility guy. You know, I, I, he's worth the money in my opinion. Let's move to the O line quickly here. And then we'll talk about the defense. and Then we'll get out of here. So the O line, a couple of guys that are on the free agents. I wanted to mention. So center Nick, Ma- Nick Martins from uh, Houston. They released him. I think he's, He's a really good center, probably the best one available. You have uh, the guard, David Andrews from New England. I think he'll probably get a deal before the before the weekend. Uh, the two guys from Kansas City, they got, they got let go. Eric Fisher and Mitchell Swartz, the left tackle and right tackle, respectively. You got Riley Reef, right tackle from the Vikings. And then Russell Okun from the Panthers, who when he's healthy, he's one of the best offense, he's one of the best left tackles in the league. But he just has to stay healthy. Knock on wood. Now, defensively, there are a just absurd amount of guys that are available. So I'm just going to be really quickly here to end it off. I'm going to go through like defensive line guys and then some secondary guys. And then we're going to call it a day. Because we're over an hour now, which was expected for this episode, right? It's a free agent extravaganza. But yeah, not a lot of people are going to listen for like over an hour. You know, <laughs> I got to get better on that. But yeah, for the extravaganza, it's a standalone episode. I'm fine with the length. Okay. So yeah, K1 Short from the Panthers. Defensive tackle, Jarrell Casey. Carlos Dunlap. Jadavian Clowney. Ryan Kerrigan with Washington. Justin Houston. You know, a bunch of guys. Solomon Thomas with the Niners. Who knows if they re-sign him. Bunch of guys available. Uh, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. Sheldon Rakins, who I believe re-signed with the Saints. Uh, you know, just a ton of good defensive tackles and pass rushers still on the board that could make a splash for any teams. I mean, it's important, man. Got to be able to rush the passer. Got to be able to protect the quarterback. So the offensive line and the defensive linemen, they don't get a lot of love, but they are kind of like the big splash signings in the free agency market when you get a lineman in. Like, it could really, like, improve your offense and your defense tremendously. And then let's go to the secondary here before we end today's episode off. Ton of guys, ton of great cornerbacks and safeties available. So we'll start with some veteran guys. So A.J. Bouye, who the, who the Broncos caught, he's on the market. Patrick Peterson, he hasn't been resigned by Arizona yet. They could let him walk. Malcolm Butler with the, t- the Titans, they let him go two years into his deal. Uh, Anthony Harris, free safety, along with Justin Simmons. Casey Hayward, who the Chargers just let go of. Kareem Jackson, another player from Denver. LaMarcus Joyner, 
solid safety from Las Vegas. They just thought he was too much money. Richard Sherman. Niners just don't have the capital to re-sign him. Uh, there's been a lot of teams that are in offers for him, so he's going to get another job somewhere. Desmond Trufant. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro for the Titans. Uh, Josh Norman with Buffalo. I think he's already going to be back, though. Uh, the, the list, I mean, I get, there's so many great players out here that um, you know are going to get deals. Mackenzie Alexander for Cincinnati. Bunch of guys, you know? And so we, we are so far from done. With the free agency market, like it's it's insane. But that that is a recap of what's happened so far. A uh, little recap of who's who's left, like who's gonna you know names that are probably gonna still get a deal in the future, all that stuff. And oh man, we are just at the beginning. Football is an ex- like it's exciting year round. Obviously, there's a little bit of a lull between like after the draft to like preseason games. And then the regular season, but yeah, it's exciting, man. And uh, we're just at the beginning of it. Like I said, uh, the, the, we got the draft in a month and a half. Odds oh, exciting, but like I said, we're going to take a step back now from football. And starting Friday, we're going to focus more on baseball. But yeah, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, this is going to this is a super long one because it's the free agency extravaganza episode, like I've been calling it. Um, I'm really going to try to focus on having the length of the, of most of the videos be, um, 30 minutes or less. That's going to be my goal for the foreseeable future. So come, so Friday we're diving headfirst into baseball, right? We're going to start previewing all of the, um, MLB teams going through like key additions, key signings, um, what the lineups could look like, what the the pitching rotation is going to look like, key pieces in the bullpen, um, players to look out for like ones to watch should be a really good time so yeah thank you so much for listening to the free agency extravaganza episode if you enjoyed it feel free to uh share it with friends family co-workers anyone you think might like it as well have a great rest of your wednesday um go watch some sports march madness is starting tomorrow go get your brackets filled out if you haven't done those yet should be an exciting uh, just love me some March, man. March Madness. Happy St. Patrick's Day. All that stuff. And I will see you in the next one.